that's something that I've been really struggling with is like, I never want to go back to a desk job. I'm chasing my dreams or running away. But I got a chance, I'm running my play. I want that nutty, I'll take it away. I'll never change, I'm sucking my ways. All right, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of Hey Mark. If you listen to the YouTube channel or watching the YouTube channel, if you listen to the podcast, welcome. If this is your first time listening, you can expect to hear us chat about mental health with different adversities and challenges that you face and overcome. And oftentimes, like today, I like to talk to other people as well about their perspectives on the topics as well. So I find that this kind of helps out with just kind of sharing the energy or the vibe that no matter what you are going through, you are not alone. And today I'm joined by Brittany Chernoff. You can follow her on Instagram, Brittany Chernoff, but I'll kind of let you kind of plug your own social media and just kind of tell people who you are and what you're all about. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here to talk to you. And I'm so proud of you for um, the journey that you've been on. And it's really, it's really nice to see you evolve and, and grow. I've known you for, what is it, like six, seven years now. So yeah, yeah. just great to see the man that you, um, that you've be, been, have become. So but yeah, like Mark said, I'm Brittany Chernoff. You can find me on social media at, um, at Brittany Chernoff. Um, yeah, I guess like I really have really have had to grow up, I guess, over the last year. Um, I lost my job in March due to COVID as so many other people have. And honestly, like as much as people can fight me on this, I think this whole year has been the biggest blessing and it's been probably by far like the best year of my life. I say that because I was always someone that knew that I was like destined for greater things and kind of like an earlier episode with Joey that you did, he was all about not putting your identity in your job and your career. And that's what I've really kind of t like taken to heart over the last couple of years and really have tried to realize like, who am I? You know, I was getting so lost in the culture, in social media, trying to be, be like everyone else, you know, and I really struggled with my mental health. And I kind of like over this last year have done a lot of like, soul searching if you if you will and it's um it just opened my eyes to so much and I feel like without this whole pandemic I don't know if I would be in such a great healthy spot and actually like trying to pursue my craziest wildest dream so yeah that's unreal so yeah I kind of feel pretty similar about 2020 like I found that there's a lot of things about it that have been pretty challenging for me. I really don't like the, like kind of, it feels like almost like polarization of society is like kind of uncomfortable for me just because I like just chatting with people and I don't like the uncomfortable conversations, but <laughs> I feel like that's helping me grow. So yeah, but, you need um, to get out of your comfort zone and have those, those challenging conversations. Right. But thank God for zoom and and for the technology that we have because for me like i'm a super introvert like not introverted but i love my alone time so i really haven't been living my life any different other than 
I just can't go see my friends, you know? So for me, it's kind of like a normal day today, but I know for someone like you, that's very extroverted. You, you need those social interactions, but thank goodness for, for Zoom and FaceTime and everything. Yeah, I miss like, I don't know, like I know for me, like a huge part of my life before this, I, I used to work in a gym and I was in the gym for, you know, hours on end. And it's not like I was working out the entire time. Like that was kind of my social life, right? Like that's where all my buddies were. And then you know, when gyms got closed, I was like, well, how am I going to work out? How am I even going to see people now? Like that was kind of where I would go to hang out. And, you know, like it's tough to go out to restaurants. You can't have groups there. So it seems like it seemed like at least it was really difficult for me to socialize but even doing these conversations like this has really helped me out because not only do I get to chow people but it brings me a lot of new perspectives so I find like this this year has been really uh character developing I feel like yeah I think for a lot of people hopefully they find and I I think it's very like a true testament of who you are and like if you are able to adapt to new situations easily right? Like, I think a lot of us have been doing such a great job adapting to not being able to go socialize on a Friday in a restaurant and just being able to change and, and kind of take everything as they come. And, and you're just being creative in the ways that you, that you're interacting with people. And, and um, it's a good time for reflection for sure. Yeah. And one thing I was going to, I've been kind of thinking about this idea or concept recently, because I know that obviously like uh, a lot of issues surrounding like mental illness, like suicide rates, everything has been really uh, elevated Mm -hmm. this year. Yeah. But I also noticed that in my circles, at least on say like Instagram or Facebook, I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, pushing the idea that, you know, if you are struggling right now, it's okay to talk about it. I've seen a lot of different stories recently of people just saying like, look, like this has been a tough year for everybody. Like we're all in this together. And I feel like that kind of notion or idea is kind of like uniting people almost, or at least giving people an opportunity to speak about different things that they're going through, you know, because this year has kind of highlighted our struggles. I totally agree. And like, honestly, Mark, I was struggling with depression and anxiety for years and years, like in high school, probably my whole, like all of high school, right? So kind of hiding that, my family, like I was really good at hiding that. My family didn't really have an idea. I think maybe my, maybe my closest friends and like my high school counselor knew, but then fast forward to now, it's such a, it's like a topic that everyone's talking about, you know, it's not like, you're not kind of just shoving it to the side. Like it's something that we, we acknowledge that exists. And there's so many people that now feel comfortable to talk about it. And it's not like a shameful thing. You know, I don't think it should have ever been a, been a shameful thing, but it's kind of nice and reassuring. And like social media can be such a, a blessing and a curse. And I think it for this instance, it's such a blessing because people, it's like a platform that people are comfortable voicing like their struggles and it's just like oh wow like like, i'm going through something and now it's like that and you feel the support and there's like people that i've been friends with for years that are now coming to me because i'm more a little bit vocal about my past struggles and they're like okay like we feel a connection that we're able to talk to you um about everything that's going on. So I think that 
um, especially their first journey. Do our I need to have that socialization? Did my computer just totally cut out? You were, you were cutting out a little bit. I don't know if you want to reiterate anything you just said, but basically what I caught out of that was, you know, in the last year or so, you've been able to vocalize yourself a lot more on Instagram or on social media in general. And a lot of people that, you know, you maybe haven't been connected with in the past, in the last couple of years recently, or people that you met in high school have been reaching out to you saying that, hey, I've noticed you've been vocalizing this and we kind of have this connection. Like I've also been feeling something similar and, it's kind of just like allowed you to connect with people that you weren't connected with before, but it's also kind of allowing them to have that voice, like to be able to speak up about it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, we have to be there for each other and we have to do those check-ins. And I know it's, um, I've seen it a couple of times on social media. It's like, if people aren't like reaching out to you, why do you need to reach out to them? But I think that's, that's not true. You need to, as much as like, someone's not going to reach out to you if they're struggling, like don't say, Oh, they're not reaching out to me. Like, I don't need to check in. Like I think checking in and keep checking in and like knowing that there's always that support is, um, it's very important. No matter like if you're a woman or a man, like it affects everybody, you know, it's not like defined to one specific demographic at all yeah there's definitely problems that are you know tailored towards certain things different genders different races obviously mm -hmm. but i feel like mental health mental illness is something that it's kind of like a human experience i feel like no matter who you are no matter what you know group you want to identify with whatever demographic that may be i feel like it's something that every single human goes through and it's it's definitely something that I, I like what you said as well when you're saying that you know just because people aren't reaching out to you doesn't mean you can't reach out to them because i always feel like the people that need the help the most sometimes aren't even able to reach out like they just don't really have that yet exactly or they feel like i know for me if i were to ever reach out i feel like a burden you know but just having someone care and not necessarily like nurture but just like have that empathy and just knowing that someone actually cares like the biggest thing you know so and i'll actually follow that up as well because i find that with myself i don't know what maybe it's like my ego maybe it's because i'm stubborn or hard-headed but i find that like even when people do reach out they'll be like hey you know what are you okay and i'll be like yeah i'm good and then maybe a week later i'll reach out again and be like hey man i appreciate you reaching out i'm really not like that's yeah. kind of I don't know like if that's just me no I think the ego is like a good it's like a good um a good thing to say because I'll yeah like for me I'm super I'm like you I'm so stubborn right and I don't want people to ever think like oh I'm not doing okay but it's like okay to be vulnerable and that's it's super important to just like be okay to not be okay and to be vulnerable and to just say like hey you know what like yeah, I'm like, I'm not doing well because it, it comes in waves, you know, like one day you're good or one hour you're good. And then like something can happen and it can totally throw your day off. Right. So, um, but having those people like checking in with people or having those people that are always constantly checking in with you being, being vulnerable is it's an important part of, of life. Yeah. I like that. So let's kind of chat about, like, I wanted to ask you about this because this is something that you and I have talked about before this conversation, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know how much, 
detail you want to go into with this, but like, kind of talk to me about like what your kind of goal is right now. Like what you were, cause you were saying earlier that you, you found that this year you're working towards some sort of greatness. Like talk to me about what that greatness is. Talk to me about like your next kind of goals coming up. Like, what, yeah, what do you got down the pipeline? Okay. So, um, I think that for me, when I manifest things, when I really talk about things, I feel like eventually what's meant for you will come to you. Like I've really, I'd, from a young age, dreamt of crazy wild things that I always wanted to pursue, but I was always looking for other people's opinions and advice on those dreams. And I think it was about 2018 or 2019, I really realized I was like the corporate life, the nine to five is not for me. I would rather work for myself and work 24 hours a day than work for someone else and build their dreams and allow them to take those vacations whenever. Like I don't want to be stuck in a salary position, just capping out at that, like with like maybe an extra bonus at Christmas. I don't want to just have those three weeks vacation. Like I really need to build a life that I'm able to work from literally any coffee shop in every corner of the world. And so um, I didn't necessarily pursue it in like 2018, but it was just something that was like really strong on my mind that year. And um like fast forward to last year, I had, um, I had, um, a couple experiences that were like a little traumatic, a little bit of like a wake up call to say the least. And it kind of like really set me, set me back. But I was like, life is literally too short to stay in. Loved my job when I was working corporate, but I just knew that it wasn't my end goal but I didn't really know the steps to get to like take the next level you know I always knew that I wanted to be a mentor I knew that I wanted to like teach in some capacity so when I got let go of my job and like mind you I was always that person to tell my coworkers, like don't put your life into this company don't put your life into this company we can be let go tomorrow and sure enough, like 40% of the company got let go, you know? So I was like, perfect. Like, I'm not mad. Like, thank you for pushing me towards what I am. I feel like I'm destined to do, you know? So I hired a business coach and now I'm working on a program to basically work with like corporate millennials to find their purpose, find their passion and to really like help guide them to either start their own businesses or to just realize that there's more to life than just their, their jobs and to realize like, it's okay if you need help, like with, um, with your family, like don't feel guilty for like taking, taking time away from your kids to kind of pursue what you want to do, you know? And again, like I want to really iterate, reiterate in this like course and this program that I'm, I'm hoping to, um, to launch hopefully in the next year is yeah just like not feeling feeling guilty and um, no matter if you're 40 50 like you don't it's not too late to start over and it's not too late to like follow your passion because life is really too short so I'm going to be focusing on mostly one-on-one -on -one programs because I really feel like 
I like diving deep with whoever I'm working with to really, not just about like what their purpose is, but we're going to like dive deep into their family, like about their family, the way that they grew up, their intentions, what like before society told them what they should be like who who were you like who are you really you know so we're we're definitely going to dive deep in um these programs and hopefully at the end of the 12 weeks they are able to bridge that gap of like what is my purpose to something like sustainable and and something that they can either um like hopefully just change the course of their life in in some way or another have you read the book the four agreements at all i have I, I, say, I honestly, I read it. Parts of it. I have it at home and I read it a couple years ago, but I don't think it really like stuck. So I, I saw it the other day when I was going through, I've, I've been rereading Start With Why. It's such a great book. I haven't heard of it. Who's yeah, it's such a great book. Uh, Simon Snack. Okay, I'm going to have to so check it out. Really good. I'll, I can lend it to you, but The Four Agreements is one that um, my dad read and he absolutely loved. So I need to reread it because I feel like the first time around, um, maybe I was kind of skimming the words and not really, not really um, understanding what was being said. Uh, the, the only reason I brought it up it, it's, uh, is because it talks about agreements that you make when people tell you certain things about yourself and you start to agree with that and you start to believe in it. It becomes an agreement in your own head. Yes. And you kind of brought up that topic when you said, like, who are you before people kind of influence that? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was just, I was writing in my journal. A big thing for me over the last couple of months has really been waking up early, setting my intentions for the day, and taking time for myself before um, just jumping into my right now is just taking time for myself journaling, working out, taking like those one to two hours to just do something for myself. And um, I was journaling about beliefs and it brought me back. And it was just like this light bulb moment that it was just like, why have I always put, like, why have I always gone to other people for advice? Of course, I like other people's opinions, but I think some, I think I was the type of person that it was always trying to get other people to kind of like dictate and lead my life I guess but it was all about like kind of going back to when I was wanting to be a teacher I would go to my parents and like their friends and they're like teaching like it's not a good career it's a lot of schooling you don't make good money and I was like okay yeah you're right now I'm like why would I listen to them why is it a, why do you need to find a career that's like just making money, you know? You should find a career and a job that you're passionate about, you know? My mom used to always say, no matter what you end up doing in your life, money will always follow. It's not gonna be an object, it will always find you, you know? As long as you're waking up happy every day, doing what you love, like that's the best that you can, like that's the best, you know? Um, so, but yeah, I was always like, why didn't I pursue teaching? And it's because I was trying to get other people to give me the two thumbs up before, before I pursued anything. And that's part of the reason I think that I 
maybe like felt to be a little bit depressed and had like anxiety because I was always looking to other people for their, their advice and what they thought, you know, instead of actually like guiding my life to where I wanted it to be. Wow. That's huge. Actually. I think that Mm -hmm. I, that's something that I've always done as well. Like, I think that like, I think it stems from just like kind of wanting like social validation. Like, I feel like it's just like, Hey, like, what do you think of this? Like, that's kind of what, like, before I even started on YouTube, that was something that, you know, I would speak to a bunch of different friends. I'd say like, Hey, we should do this together. I should, we should make a YouTube channel together. Or what do you think about making a YouTube channel? Mm -hmm. There'd be so many people telling me like, either, Oh yeah, we should do it, but we should do it this way. Or like, I just don't really like your ideas about this or, Mm -hmm. Or they would say things like, maybe it's just a little bit too saturated, or maybe you should have started in 2008. Like, there's so many different things that people have told me until I actually started to search, like, inside, like, okay, well, how can I, you know, kind of spread the message that I want to spread? How can I expose myself out that way? And I kind of just realized, like, I'm sick of just kind of looking for that social validation. I think that the people that do like it will gravitate towards it. I don't have to look for the people that like it before I even start. Exactly. And you know, Mark, like I've really been diving deep into my like ideal client and those type of people that I'm going to be serving and trying to like to work with. And I think this can be in any business is you, the worst thing that you can do is try to please everybody because you're not going to, you're not going to attract anybody. I think if you focus on one topic and you focus on like, and like your niche, that's when people are going to be attracted to you because it feels like you're speaking to them directly. But when you try and like umbrella everyone over what you're trying to do, it's not like you're not going to have a successful business. You're not going to have a successful podcast or YouTube. You know, I started making YouTube videos in the summer just because I loved that. I loved filming. I loved editing. I loved like the creative aspect. I didn't know what I was going to do, but just to get out of my comfort zone, I, the first thing that popped into my mind, I would just do. And people are like, aren't you a little embarrassed about that? I'm like, no, like, who are they to judge? They don't have these YouTube videos, the ones that are judging me. And the ones that are, like, do have um, YouTube videos or whatnot are like, good job, like, good for you, you know? So, but I think that, like, again, like, no, like, there's not going to be, you're not going to, you're not going to please everybody. And that's, I think, the biggest thing when you start anything and and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be hating on you but it's just how you how you take it and how you're able to either take that criticism and move forward with it or just brush it off because yeah you're not gonna you're not gonna be for everybody yeah I think that that was something that I struggled with quite a lot before and then I, uh, well, I, fortunately I worked in sales for three years. So my skin got a little bit thicker that way. And now <laughs> negative comments, <laughs> negative feedback kind of is like water off a duck's back because you get a lot of complaints and there's a lot of negative stigma surrounding, you know, being that salesman type person. So I feel like that's, uh, that's something that I kind of got used to. I kind of got used to having that, like, uh, that negativity thrown my way. And I just kind of ended up being able to laugh at it. Yeah. It's their problem at the end of the day. It's nothing to, to do with you. But I think 
going back to like the sales, don't you think, because we worked in a restaurant together, don't you think just working in a restaurant is like looking back was the best thing that I could have done. The best, I think everyone needs to have a restaurant job or a sales job to really appreciate those people. And you just learn, you just learn how the world works, how different people are. It's important to like be able to communicate with all the different types of people out there. And it just teaches you just that the communication. And it teaches you that like people are like, some people just like to complain and, and we'll tear anything apart, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I uh, I had kind of two different rounds of working in restaurants. The first time was with you at, uh, at the restaurant, and then I, uh, I had a similar experience as to what you described. I ended up working in, in sales. I worked in gym sales for three years, and then I had this experience where I was like, hey, look, I'm working like 60, 70 hour weeks in sales. Just, I kind of have like a very addictive personality, and I was like, oh, if I, you know, stay longer, if I make more phone calls, if I have more appointments, and if I have more presentations, I have a higher chance of getting more sales, and I'll make more money, and that was, like, it was almost like running up a high score in a video game, I was like, mm-hmm. how much commission can I rack up here, like, that was yeah, kind of where I was going with it, it. Yeah. yeah, and I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm working 60, 70, sometimes 80 hour weeks, and, you know, sometimes I got compensated well for it if I did well, but sometimes I didn't, and I was like, you know, maybe I could, maybe I could try and run like a, a business or a company by myself. And so I, I left the company and I tried running like online businesses for probably six months and I didn't make any money. I actually lost quite a bit of money and I, it was really humbling. Luckily at the time I was living with my parents. So it was really nice because I was able to survive and continue to pay my phone bill and et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it was very humbling because then I had to go back and work at a restaurant again. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of in my head, I was thinking, you know, it's, I can work the evenings. I'm a morning day person anyways. So I can try and run my businesses in the daytime in the morning. And then in the evenings, I'll just go to the restaurant, make as much money as I possibly can. And the second time I worked in a restaurant, I was kind of thinking to myself, I got to make as much money as possible as fast as possible because I'm literally like my wallet's bleeding trying to run businesses. Yeah. So I went in every single day and I was like, I'm just going to try and be the literal, like the happiest, most positive person I possibly can in this restaurant. And I want people like the customers to just be stunned by it. Like I want them to absolutely just be stunned by it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I found that, the more I would laugh and smile and, and in the very beginning, it was almost like it, it wasn't like a facade because I am kind of just like a happy go lucky guy naturally, but it was like a little bit, I cranked it up for sure. And I, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've worked with me. You kind of know how I am. Like I'm just like a high energy guy as is, but I, I, I definitely cranked it up to 11 and the more I did it, the more natural it became. And it actually, like, it stuck with me. I'm, like, just literally more high energy now. Like, I just, I can't turn it off at this point. Sometimes I definitely simmer down, but, like, it, it just kind of stuck with me. And it, I like, I like what you said. I think that everyone should have to work in a restaurant. I think that everyone should have to work, like, in a, in a sales position or in a restaurant position or even a customer service position. Yeah. I mean, we're in customer service because I just feel like at that point, when you get kind of negativity all the time and you can start to tailor yourself towards it 
mm-hmm. and be able to kind of filter that out of your system quickly, then yeah. that, I feel like it's just such a beneficial experience. Absolutely. It shapes who you are for sure. And it makes you, um, it makes you appreciate those people now in those positions, right? So you treat them for the most part um, with respect. Yeah. So there was two things I wanted to ask you about now. The, the first one we kind of were talking about before mm-hmm. I started recording. The second one you kind of brought up organically. And now, now I kind of want to ask you about both of them. Okay. I'll, start, I'll start with the first one. And okay. that's like waking up early in the morning. That's something that I do. Um, to answer your question from before, before we even started recording, I've always just kind of done it naturally. I, like ever since I was a little kid, like four or five years old, six years old, whenever kids start watching cartoons, Saturday morning, I was up at five o'clock. I'm like, dad, 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 when do the cartoons start? Like, I need to, I need to watch them. Like Your I parents just loved you for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. They were, they would go ballistic. My dad told me stories about like, he would uh, be putting presents under the Christmas tree on Christmas Eve until like 11 o'clock midnight. And I would wake him up at like four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, dad, it's Christmas. Let's go. There's presents under the tree. For sure. (laughs) So yeah, like I've always woken up naturally. I think as like in my late teens, like maybe like the first couple years of my twenties, I did lose it quite a bit because I was working in restaurants, getting home at like one, two, three o'clock in the morning sometimes, or Mm -hmm. just being kind of a, a little bit of a delinquent going out and partying. It was something that I just like a phase I went through. So Your I did kind of sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Living my best life. But <laughs> I, um, I, I ended up kind of losing it for a little bit. I was waking up at like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, which seems to be kind of the social norm or the standard. And mm-hmm. now I've dialed it back. Just kind of, I, I wake up pretty early. I'm like usually between four and five and that seems to work for me. That's but awesome. like, Talk to me about like why, like, have you always woken up early? Is that something that you had to make an effort towards? Like, is that like, yeah, why are so you waking up early? It was a struggle growing up for my parents to rip me out of bed to take me to school. Like a struggle. I definitely loved my sleep. And I don't think that it was really until maybe this year that I kind of had a light bulb moment go off. And I was like, if I'm actually going to live like a, a purposeful life. I need to change the way that I'm, I'm living, you know, for work. I, I really changed my hours when I was working nine to five. I kind of, because I wanted to wake up earlier, I was asking to come in from seven to three. And I really liked that. I liked the peace in the morning and like being basically like the only one up and just that it was just such a different energy in the morning. And then at the beginning of quarantine, I found myself waking up at 11 and I was Going, you know. I lost you. Sorry to and interrupt so you. I lost you. When you I started you to slowly. Okay, yeah. When I was waking up at eleven, I, at the beginning of quarantine, because I lost my job, I felt disgusted with myself because I was like, I'm sleeping the whole day away, basically. So, I kind of made the conscious effort of slowly waking up at like between five and six, even though I didn't have a job to go to, but I would wake up, have that time to pray, to pray, meditate, journal, then I would go to the gym, get my hour workout done, and then come back. And like, it was eight o'clock, you know, and I'm like, wow, like, I've feel like I've accomplished so much. And I felt 
such energy and I just felt like I was winning. And the feeling that you get you wake, when you wake up and the, it's either still dark out or the sun is coming up, that gives me such strength and, <clears throat> and motivation. You know, when you're basically, it feels like you're the only one awake in the city or, or wherever, you know, and there's just something so peaceful about a, the start of the day that I, that I really like. And I just feel like you have a whole, like if you crush out a couple hours just like to by yourself and um, it just gives you such motivation and drive to kind of like continue your day and you feel like I feel so much more energized. So that's why I wake up, that's why I try to wake up anywhere between five and six. Even like on weekends, I'll try and do the same just to keep the same momentum. So like for someone that, you know, I've had a couple people message me and they're like, how do you do it? How do you do it? And I like, unfortunately, I just have to tell them like, you know, it kind of is natural for me. I mean, there's definitely an effort that I put into it sometimes, but I'm, I'm just kind of like that. Fortunately for me, if I, maybe if I like naturally woke up later, it'd be more of a struggle, but mm -hmm. I, I, I always, I don't always have the best advice because when people ask me, or how can I start waking up earlier? I just tell them just set an early alarm and wake up when it goes off. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's just all there is to it. And then the only other advice I could give you is just be diligent about when you go to bed, turn your phone off. Yes. Don't look at a screen, turn, make it pitch black. Like that's pretty much like the best like advice I can give you. I wish I could give you more, but that's, I, I just naturally kind of do it. Like I, there's not like a lot of effort into it. It's like, I don't know. It's like asking a really muscular, I don't know. I, there's not really any comparison because even muscular guys like have to put in effort, but. <laughs> I think it's all about getting into the routine and just like starting anything. It's going to be a challenge, you know, for me, the biggest thing was having plans and having a schedule. So I would, even if I didn't work or whatever, I would have a schedule. Okay. Five o'clock. I'm going to wake up by five fifteen. I'm going to have showered and gone to my kitchen table to journal, to pray, to meditate, to do whatever. And then I'll be at the gym by six o'clock. You know, I want to be in there before people come in because I don't like busy gyms. And so that was motivation for me. So having a schedule, having something to do by certain times in the morning is also, also a good way. But I am so thankful for do, the do not disturb mode on iPhones because my phone, some nights, whether it's family group chats or just alerts with my social media they'll like be going all night so i'm so full for do not disturb yeah smack on that do not disturb or just turn your airplane mode on or turn your phone off altogether i know like some people yeah. I, i've read in books that you know certain people they, they don't even bring their phone in their bedroom like their their bedroom is a no phone zone like that's kind of like man it's like it's not something that needs to go to bed with you. I don't think that it should be in the bedroom with No. I, I wish I could say that, but I do yeah. definitely bring my phone in my bedroom. <laughs> I do too, because it's my alarm. But one day I'll have that rule too. Yeah. There was, so the other thing... I like that. I like that advice that you gave about uh, like having commitments to do, having a plan, having a schedule. I, I also feel like there's something about when you 
when you set a commitment like that, like, Hey, I'm going to wake up at X time and by X time I'll journal. And then I'm going to have some, maybe a breakfast or maybe you work out fasted. And then by X time, I'm going to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. And then I, I think that there's something behind, you know, setting a, a goal or a commitment like that. And then having the discipline to follow through with that. I think that that actually builds quite a lot of self-confidence. And I, I feel like discipline's a snowball effect. Like, I feel like that's something like, the more often you do it, the more you'll be able to make your follow. Well, I guess follow through with your commitments. I so I really like that what you said there. And the yeah. other thing I was going to ask you about is uh, journaling. Mm -hmm. Is that something you've always done? Is that something that was difficult for you to start? Like talking yeah. about that. So I definitely journaled when I was younger. I have like diaries that are they're hilarious to read back now. Just like, oh, I really like this boy. You know, like those dumb things that every young teenage girl would write about. Um, so it's hilarious to read back. And then, of course, I was that travel journaler. So I would journal every single day on a trip. <coughs> um, but it's something that I've gotten into because... It's great if I'm having a rough day or it's something that I don't necessarily want to go to someone or if it's something that just like, it's just in my heart to kind of just like put on paper and get out there, whether it's something I'm dealing with or goals that I have for myself. And it's nice to read back and reflect because sometimes you really forget about the things that you're going through, whether big or small or the um, encounters that you have with people you know like life goes by super quick so it's interesting to go back and reflect to see how you've grown as a person or what you can remind yourself um, what you can remind yourself of um, so it's something that I've I've tried to stick with for at least like the last 10 11 months but like naturally you you kind of like gravitated towards that at a young age yeah I think here and there I would I would I would journal for sure but more so like on a daily basis just this past year that's cool see like I feel like we're opposite that way like naturally I wake up early but I, I really had to put effort into you know having a journal keeping a journal writing in it it was not mm -hmm. something I naturally did and uh, I don't like writing it makes me uncomfortable I hate I hate reading I hate writing and those are kind of things that I force myself to do now and it's, it's been uh, pretty difficult to build those habits for sure. But waking up yeah. early was something that naturally came to me. And you know, with, with journaling, I realized how much I'm on the computer or texting and I don't really necessarily need to pick up a pen many times in my day. My penmanship is, let's just say, so it's funny, it's funny to see, but, um, but yeah, it's nice that that uh, you can just journal and get all your thoughts down on paper. You're gonna thank yourself one day. I, it's funny you mention your penmanship because uh, even though I've been journaling like pretty frequently now, penmanship has always been something I've struggled with. Like I've had you know, teachers in elementary school be like, did you even try? Like, is this like an effort? <laughs> and I'm like crushed as a kid because I, I've always made the joke because even my dad at work, when I write things down, I work for my dad. and. Mm -hmm. When I when I write things down at work, he's like, what does this even say? And I always joke with him. I'm like, Matt, I don't know what to tell you. I should have been a doctor, but I'm way too dumb. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, it's just like. <laughs> Mark. 
Yeah, I'm not not good at my penmanship is terrible. It's basically it's chicken okay. scratches. But I feel like it's uh, it's good enough for me to remember whatever. Like even reading back sometimes, I'm like, what does that even say? There's so many times where I'm like, man, that's ridiculous. But you know what? You would never need to lock it up because I'm sure 99% of people wouldn't be able to decipher it other than you. So that might be a good thing, you know? You got to look at the positives with that. It's written in code. That's right. <laughs> it's written in code. Mm -hmm. So uh, what was I going to say? Another cool thing that I've noticed about you is you spend a lot of time with your family. Like, like it seems like you were saying on your Instagram story the other day, I think you said every weekend you, you visit with your family. It's funny. I have been such a, like growing up, I was a pretty big homebody. And then, um, I was supposed to move, um, actually last year I was supposed to move across the country and long story short, I didn't, but my mom the whole time when I was planning on it was like, how are like aren't you gonna miss me and I'm like no mom like we have FaceTime or whatever but I've re like really realized like yeah I would probably miss them for sure you know like I'm sure a lot of people when they move they they miss their family but I'm so close with them like I'm here this weekend even though I may not supposed like to have left Vancouver but it's fine um, we recorded this in 2018 what are you talking yeah about? exactly um so I'm Honestly, like I have so much fun with my mom. I have so much fun with my dad. Like we just can goof around and and be fun and like silly together. And I love cooking. And I think family for me is huge. Um, I definitely have a lot of fun with my friends, and I try to connect with them on a on a more of like a daily basis. And I live with one of my best friends, so that's nice. But yeah, I'm always at my parents. I was here like two days ago and it's only Friday today, so. <laughs> Have you had times where like you maybe had like falling out with your family? Like I know that like there's so many people that kind of maybe don't have good relationships with their parents or their siblings. Like you had times where like you, you've had those moments where you, you've had a falling okay. out and you're not, you're not talking to them very often. I think that I've always talked to my parents, but Oh, my mom could tell you stories. Like we had our typical mother daughter battles. I'm scared to have a daughter to say the least. Just the way that I was as like a teenager now, not so much. It's nice. I've lived on my own for the past few years. So it's nice to like, when I know that I've had enough of like being here, then I'm, I'm okay to leave, you know? So I think that's nice that I have kind of like an escape, but Whew, not so much anymore, but growing up, yeah, definitely we had our battles. My dad, not so much. Um, it was more so my mom and I, but we've always been a very close family. Um, so that's something that I that I hope that I have in, in the future is like a close relationship with my, my children. And so I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm assuming a lot of the times that it was your mother that mended any issues that you guys had. A hundred percent of the time. And it, it, they wouldn't even last long. They would just kind of like, I would just need to go in my room, scream into a pillow. And then within five minutes, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. You know, like maybe I was wrong, but yeah, it was, it was my mom 99.9% .9 of the time. <laughs> and so like, what, what qualities do you think that she has that she was able to have that, that, uh, that ability to be able to fix that? My mom is a huge like she has such compassion and she's like a nurturer and she kind of sees the bigger picture and 
she understands that it's just like it's a real a type of relationship that most most mothers and daughters have you know like you're so I'm super similar to my mom so that's where I think we where we clashed um so and she just like she would just smack me upside of the head being like just listen to yourself just like listen to why you're arguing with me you know but my mom she means well and she she was she's been a great mother and I'm very very thankful and and happy that I have such a like a very close relationship with my family my friends used to make fun of me like there were some nights where I'm like I'm just gonna stay in and drink wine with my mom and my friends would be like are you serious like you're not just like gonna come hang out I'm like I honestly like you guys are more than welcome to come chill but like I'm just gonna stay in you know and and I love it nothing makes me happy than just like sitting with a glass of red wine hang out with my parents now like I just love putting a movie on and talking and making dinner and yeah that's something that I really value do you think that like uh because you were joking about when she would say like listen to yourself listen to yourself do you think that that taught you a little bit because you seem like a really reflective person like do you think that that taught you a little bit more about like reflectiveness maybe just about like your words your actions at all Oh my gosh, Mark. Some days, like, I would replay situations and scenarios, and it's just, like, I think I just wanted to be difficult and get a reaction out of people. Sometimes I'm, like, was I actually even mad, or was I just, like, bored wanting a reaction, you know? But I'm such a reflective person, so it's funny that you bring that up, because, like, even now I think of situations, I'm, like, why was I being, like, a little brat, you know? But I, um, I would analyze things for days and days after yeah I, I i'm i fall victim to that all the time as well and i think it can be a blessing and a curse for sure like i've mm -hmm. I've, I've had sleepless nights where i'm like man i was an ass like i com completely made an ass of myself in whatever social situation and you know there's times where i'm like man like i really yeah like i'll, I'll have sleepless nights just like sitting there thinking about it and i feel like it's definitely a blessing and a curse because it, mm -hmm. it almost makes you more aware of your own actions, but it can also make you more aware of like why you have those actions. Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is like, maybe there's someone that made you feel uncomfortable and then you kind of dive into like, well, why, why was I uncomfortable around that person? Mm -hmm. like, what's my relationship like with them? What, like, was it something that I said that triggered them to say something or like, was it just something that they said that they didn't mean anything by? And then I have to dig back into, you know, maybe my past and maybe I've got some, you know, uh, some mental injuries, for lack of a better term, that I've got to recover from and yeah. kind of helps you out that way. Totally. I think it's, it's definitely healthy to reflect back because it brings self-awareness. And like you said, like self-injuries, like the trauma, like triggers, you know, something it might it might be someone saying something that triggers you for you to like lash out at them but it's really nothing it has nothing to do with them it's something that you need to like address and figure out why you did that and and so i think that's right like having that self-realization and and being able to re reflect and kind of move forward and like okay how can i communicate better or how do i have that those vulnerable conversations and those real conversations whether it's like with parents or friends, if they've done anything to just let them know like, hey, you know, whether it's like a boundary thing or just kind of digging deep into like why you may have um, 
had those falling falling outs or whatever. Yeah, I really like that. I really, really like that. I was gonna say, so I was gonna ask you this earlier, but I, I forgot to, and I just remembered it right now. Um, it was really cool when you were talking about you were motivated to get a business coach. And yeah. then you were also talking about, you know, people that, well, I guess I kind of brought it up about people that aren't able to reach out. And you were also saying that, you know, just because someone doesn't reach out doesn't mean you shouldn't reach out to them. We've kind of talked about reaching out to people a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was going to ask your opinion. I was going to pick your brain and your perspective on that in the terms of like, say someone has this like, dilemma in their head. This is something that I dealt with for quite a long time, especially dealing with my own depression and anxiety. I, I would kind of have this like constant debate in my head almost whether I should reach out or not, or how I should do it or who I should reach out to, whether it be, you know, a friend, a family member, a doctor, a counselor, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And I was going to pick your brain on, on the idea of like, how can someone, if they're having that debate in their head or they don't know how to reach out, like what's a good way for them to maybe reach out or I guess, yeah, that's the best way to ask that question is how, how could someone reach out? Are you like asking me specifically or just in general? Just like your opinion on like, uh, like if someone's kind of dealing with something that they feel like they might be a little bit overwhelmed with, like what, what's a good way that they can kind of reach out? Like, Okay. Maybe to a doctor or a friend or a family member. Yeah, I definitely think that having that safe person is definitely um, important. Um, having, like, knowing that it's okay and it's, it's going to be scary, but you need to, it's important to reach out to talk to people and not necessarily keep everything to yourself. Um, you just need to, to have that courage and and um, know that it's it's going to be scary, but having that one one safe person to be able to like check in with or let them know how you're feeling is important. You don't need you don't need to have multiple people, but just knowing that there's always someone that's going to be listening. And I've worked really closely with Kids Help Phone, and I'm actually like I'm so so thankful that they have a a texting service so you don't even necessarily need to like pick up the phone or like go to people that you know there's a there's literally a service for for young adults and children and even like sometimes adults will reach out you know so it's nice to have in that moment of like I don't know who to reach out to like I don't want to feel like a burden just having those type of type of um, services that are available I wish the texting service was available for when I was, when I was in high school. I really do. So it's nice to, it's nice to have that option, but it's definitely super scary. Like I really wish that I had the courage to speak out more when I was dealing with something, the, some stuff that I, I was doing. Um, but knowing that there's lots of other people that are going through similar things to you is is important and it's okay not to feel a hundred percent all the time now like it, it, I, I I like that I like the the idea you've said this a couple times where you're like it's okay not to be okay like I feel mm -hmm. like that's something that people need to hear about and I feel like it is something that people hear but they just don't really like uh maybe absorb that information very well yeah but like a lot of the times when I've, I've spoken to people and 
they maybe reach out to me and they speak to, to me about some of the stuff that they're going through. I find that there's a lot of people that feel like what they're going through is just their problem. Like they might be the only one dealing with it. Like it's an individual issue. And there's a lot of times where people feel like maybe they're ashamed of their issue. Maybe it's something that they've done, or maybe it's something that someone else has done to them. And I feel like, like there's so many times where, yeah, like people maybe feel like they're either really ashamed of that issue or that it's something that they shouldn't speak about. Like there's maybe a stigma attached to it. Like obviously we know about the stigmas attached to depression and anxiety okay. and these types of things. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of things that are stigmatized very heavily in our society. And so like if someone's dealing with something like that, like, and they just feel like maybe they shouldn't talk about these things. Like, do you know anything that could you give any insight on maybe how they could deal with that? I don't think that there should be ever stigma attached to anything, no matter how big or small it is, but definitely finding that safe person to go reach out to. Like I said, it doesn't have to be more than one person, just finding those services even online or, or like talking to your parents or a close friend, someone that is safe and someone that is going to hold space for you to to be able to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Um, and if on the flip side, if you find that someone's coming to you for a situation that's like very, very heavy, you need to like realize to, you need, it's important to hold space for them and that it's like a big, huge step, you know? So you need to just be there to listen and not have judgment. I like that. I like that. And I feel like there's, I, I think that you, you could agree with this in that when you find someone that is kind of like your safe companion, when you find someone that you're going to be able to speak with, whether that be your doctor, whether that be maybe your, like you said, your high school counselor or your, one of your parents, maybe or a close friend. I feel like once you have that and you're able to speak about these types of things, I feel like even though you may feel like there is a stigma and you shouldn't be talking about these things, I feel like once you're able to speak with someone about it and you get that person who's going to be able to have that space for you, mm -hmm. it, it makes it feel like, not that you're a burden on them, but it makes it feel like you're not alone in it. Like it feels Absolutely. like you have someone there with you, obviously. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing that I've realized is, you know, when you're sitting in class and you're so embarrassed to like ask a question because you're like, oh my gosh, this is such such a dumb question. And then someone else like asked that same question that was you were thinking about. And everyone else was like, oh, I'm so thankful that you asked that. That's how I real like how I interpret it because just because you're going through it doesn't mean that there's gonna be people that aren't gonna be going through the same thing. Like there are gonna people be people around you, you know? So that it's important to to speak up. And also I really regret when I like went to go see a doctor and she had asked me like, are you depressed? Like she was asking me all these questions and I was playing it off. I was playing it off being like, no, I'm strong. I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good. And I regret not being vulnerable because my life could have gone so different. I could have got that help at an early age that I needed, but I was I was, my ego got in the way and I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to rip down these walls, 
Like, no, I'm fine. I'll get over it one day. Like, no, I'm not fine. I need to, I need to realize that it's okay to go to people for help or advice or to just talk, you know, and therapy and counseling for me has been such a game changer. Listening to podcasts, having those resources available like online or um, within podcasts, it's, it's amazing those, those resources that are available to us at this, in this day and age. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's completely mind-blowing. Like, I, I had a really similar experience for years. I kind of stayed pretty quiet. Like, I, I've kind of told this story tons of times, but just to kind of reiterate, I'll, I'll summarize it. When I was little, I, I, uh, I started to speak out about some certain things that I was feeling, and then I didn't like the reaction that I, I kind of got from, you know, teachers and my parents, even though it was completely justified to be that concerned about me. So mm-hmm. I kind of, I chalked it up to maybe I shouldn't say these things ever again. I shouldn't really talk about that kind of thing. And so I stayed quiet about a lot of the things I was dealing with uh, surrounding depression and anxiety. And for years, it kind of just sat in the back of my head and ate at me. And it wasn't until I was about, you know, 19, 20 years old, I think it was, when I started to actually seek help professionally. Mm-hmm. And once I did... You know, I, I actually did kind of struggle with finding the right doctor and the right counselor. But once I finally did, I, it was a complete game changer. It completely, uh, it was a huge catalyst in, in being able to create the person that I am now. And I'm really happy that I, I had, I wouldn't even say courage, but I, I, that I had, you know, people pushing me to get the help, even though I, I felt like, it came from ill places. Yeah. I, uh, I have people, you know, you hear people, they're like, you need to get help, man. And, <laughs> and, and it didn't really feel like it was them trying to help me, but I'm happy that they did push me towards it because it did help me out quite a lot. And I was able to find a lot of solutions. And now that I'm openly speaking about these things, I've got so many people reaching out where they're like, hey, man, you know what? Like I was never able to put words to that feeling or I I felt like that and I didn't, I didn't want to speak about it. And now that I heard you talk about it, like, let's chat, like, let's kind of chat about it. I think going back to the, what you said about, like, it took you a while to find the right doctor, right counselor. I think that's a really good point because not every doctor or counselor that you're going to see is going to be the right fit for you. So just, just if you go to see someone, it's like, you don't get the good vibes that you're looking for. It's okay. Like, it's not necessarily like you're, that's like not the end of your, your journey. You know, it's okay to find someone else that you mesh with and that understands you. But that was like a good point of, um, it's like a good start, but it's important to find those right people that like can support you and that you feel comfortable with. Because I was like that too. I went to go see someone and I kept going back and back and I was like, it just doesn't feel right. But I would continue like, Oh, I need this. I need this until I found someone else. And I was like, why didn't I go find a different counselor earlier? You know, but I thought that in my mind at that time, they were all the same, but counselors are, are like teachers. They have different styles of, of how you how they communicate I love that you said that because I was literally about to say that it's exactly like having a teacher that like really connects with you and and is really cool 
I, I, yeah. I always think back to like, I, I was like a very disruptive kid in elementary school. I'm like really ADHD. I was speaking out all the time, trying to be a class clown. Like that's kind of how I dealt with my issues is I was like, I'll just be the center of attention at any cost. I'll just, that's how it'll be. Yeah. And, and I had one teacher who was really good at dealing with me. Shout out to Mr. Kendler. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that name, but shout out to my grade four teacher. He was awesome. Now. Yeah, I'm saying it anyways. <laughs> I'm saying positive things about him, but yeah, yeah he, he was sick. And I always think about him. I always remember him and how he dealt with me. And then I, I relate that to finding the right doctor as well. It's like, how many... You know, how many teachers have you had? How many doctors have you had? And, you know, sometimes it just takes, you know, one person to make an imprint on you. And then that could exactly. be what changes your life. Exactly. Those people that are patient with you, that are, that are, like, for me, I needed, like, more of, like, the nurture. But, yeah, like, I had so many, so many teachers just dismiss me in, in, in school. And then in grade seven, Oh, grade seven was like a rough year, but my teacher, like I would just never do homework. I was getting detentions every single day, every single day. And I loved my high school or my grade seven teacher. He was like a gem. He was like probably the best teacher that I had, but he was giving me those detentions. And I, he was like a father figure, you know, but he laid down the law one day and was like, I'm not doing this to punish you because you're not doing your school. I'm doing this to teach you a lesson. And that lesson, literally, I remember this, it to this day. It was to be like, to just hold yourself to a higher standard. And if you need to ask help for homework, ask the help. If you need to like get more, if you need to like go over subjects that we're teaching, you know, just, just, just ask. But yeah, I had a lot of teachers um, in my in my day that really have made an impact in my life for sure. That's sick. That's unreal. I like that's that's really funny actually that we have similar experiences like that. That's yeah. really funny. I uh, I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. It's getting a little bit late for me. I'm I'm gonna start I'm gonna start buckling down and getting ready for bed. But before I let you go. I do my own intros, but I don't do my own outros. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. I'm lazy that way. So, what, um, what I'm gonna end up doing is saying thank you to everybody right now. I'm gonna say thank you so much for joining us, and I'm assuming that this probably won't be the only time that Brittany and I talk in this way and on this platform. But Brittany, I'm gonna let you do the outro. Tell people where they can find you one more time. Tell people, I guess, what they can expect from you in the future as well. But the one requirement I have for the conversation that we just had is you have to leave people with one more message of positivity, of motivation, inspiration, whatever you choose. But just uh, just bless people with some positivity. Okay, well, it was such a pleasure to talk to you, Mark. Um, again, you can find me on Instagram at Brittany Chernoff. Um, you can find me in the future with my own podcast that I'll be launching um, in the new year. And what I want everyone to remember is you, if your goals are too small, dream bigger, manifest them, because crazy things can happen. You never know what's going to come your way if you think about a dream 
and you just take those actions to get there because whatever is meant for you will find you. Beautiful. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Thank you so much for listening to this, for watching this. And thank you so much, Brittany, for joining me today. I love this conversation. Actually, speaking about the things that we just spoke about made me feel like I'm not alone with a lot of the things that I felt growing up. Like that was really cool that we connected. And I learned a lot about you, even though I've known you for years. I learned a lot about you today. So that's really cool as well. It's, it, it kind of speaks wonders about having these conversations with people that you haven't had these conversations with before can can really teach you a lot about them but can really teach you a lot about yourself as well so thank you so much for joining me that's really all i got thank you so much say peace out to everybody peace out good night good morning i guess if you're listening to this in the morning good morning good afternoon but it's nighttime for us so good night